Welcome back to Escape to the Magic Podcast. We are your hosts, Randy, Dak, and Ryan. And this week, we are thrilled to talk about the incredible Disney ride vehicle evolution. Truly, this is a magical journey through time. Awesome. I'm excited, guys. Today, I got to tell you, today was one of those days where just from the moment I woke up, I was like, it's going to be a Disney game today. Like, went outside, leaving to work, go to the gym to work out. The weather was cool, and I was thinking, man, it would be a perfect day to head to the parks. It was It, was it would awesome be. Today, the, today was, uh, the weather in Houston, Texas was outstanding. I, you know what? Did you check what it was in Orlando? Because I don't think it was as good as this. No, no, I, probably <laughs> not. Yeah, probably But that's not. the thing about it, like. We don't really care what it actually is there. We're just taking what we're experiencing here. We'll just take, we'll bring it with us. Yeah. There, then things started to change for the worst. As I started <laughs> to get online and uh, check out the news. You realized you weren't the only person or creature that had Disney on the brain today, <laughs> yeah, too? That's right. <laughs> that's right. So if you, uh, so this, by the time this actually hits, uh, will probably be a little bit older news, but this morning... Got on Facebook, looking through, you know, my feed, and all of a sudden people are like, why is half the half of Magic Kingdom closed down? Like, why are all these rides? And they're like posting, closed, closed, you know, Big Thunder Mountain, closed, Pirates, closed. And it's just like every single ride is closed. And I'm like, wow, that has got to be a cast member's nightmare that all those rides are not working all at one time. And I saw someone, actually multiple someones, and they were saying, oh, there's a magical electrical problem. Right, right. It, so, which to me is incomprehensible because they produce their own electricity, right? <laughs> but, I mean, what could it possibly have been? Come to find out, cast members are doing their initial walkthrough, uh, their first morning checks of the day. And some cast member over on Tom Sawyer, Sawyer Island runs into a bear in, in the cave. <laughs> do you think that's in, in the, the cast? Cave. You think that's in the cast member training? What what to do if you come across a bear on Tom Sawyer Island? <laughs> it's definitely not in <laughs> the who, employee handbook. Who do you think was more surprised, the cast member or the bear? <laughs> that had to be a moment of like, you know, you think. Like there's my, no my way bet you're is thinking about it. My bet it's the bear. The bear is the one that's more surprised because. Tom Sawyer Island closes early every day, and so he was probably there for a long time. (laughs) Anyways, so then, of course, the internet goes wild. And now there's just been all these memes and posts and funny reels that have gone out of this bear enjoying his day as he goes through the parks. It's it's been a great day. I think they finally wrangled him up and got him got him out sometime yeah, in the early so. afternoon hours. Well, do you want to know what I actually learned about this? Hmm. That there are bears in Florida. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what my we, daughter said. We, She's like, I we, didn't even know there was we, bears in Florida. We knew there was alligators yeah. and all sorts of other like amphibious stuff, but bears that it just doesn't even make sense to me. The the whole state is a swamp. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, are bears doing down but there? But Disney World is not too far from. I believe it's uh, Ocala. National, yeah. National Forest. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's where they took the bear back or relocated him to, um, which isn't too far from Disney. So 
Do you think he went to uh, Winnie the Pooh first or uh, before or after going to Tom Sawyer? My, my guess is he's over there supporting his country bear brothers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, heard the, he heard the rumors. Well, that I, my suspicion was it was Big Al, and he was kind of upset about what was going to happen. He says, well, I'll show these guys. Yeah, maybe tryouts. Yeah. He heard there was new songs coming, so he's coming to try out. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, all right. Well, let's get into uh, today's episode. We're going to be talking about the evolution of ride vehicles. So one of the things we've pointed out before at Disney is they are just so great at telling the story. But part of that immersive storytelling experience is the actual ride system or the ride vehicle that you're going on as part of that attraction. And so I thought it'd be a little bit of fun to maybe share some stories, talk about some of our favorites, uh, whether it's the actual ride vehicle or whether it's the ride system. So just to kind of give a, a, a breakdown, right? So if I am getting on the coaster, the car that I'm riding in, that's the vehicle, obviously, and the system is the actual track that I'm going on. Yeah, a combination of the car, how it fits on the track, what the track is, that's, you know, how it launches, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And so anyways, I thought we'd just kind of go through different attractions and maybe a little bit of history, a little bit of like speculation of what might be next and talk about, you know, why we love these these ride systems and these ride vehicles so much. If we look at the theme of our podcast, which is Escape to the Magic, you know, I think what makes Disney so wonderful is that you really, I don't know how many, we have about seven or eight that we're going to talk about maybe. Somewhere in there. If you look at other theme parks, and I won't mention names, but other theme parks, when you go, I, I don't want to get sued, so I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> That's either. why I'm not mentioning names. I mean, how many of these 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 ride vehicles will you find at these other parks? Two, three tops? And we're talking about seven or eight just at Disney. That's probably not all of them. And I think this was what, what makes Disney World and Disneyland so, so just so amazing and why it's so easy to escape there and why we love it so much. Yeah, what you tend to find at a lot of the other parks is you you tend to find minor variations on the exact same thing, right? So a lot of the theme parks they focus on you know thrill roller coasters um, from from your ordinary coasters to your extreme coasters to your hyper coasters, right? Where the focus is on how fast can we go, how 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 much can we push the body to experience something between twists and turns and inversions and all sorts of stuff, and 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 so really the the tracks, the concept of the coaster is the same. All that they really change from time to time is the seat that you sit in. And so you used to kind of have your traditional one where you'd sit down and there'd be a lap bar across you or something like that, maybe some seat belts to go with it. Then they started doing some crazy things where they would have things that drop down from around the top of you. Um, then they they went away and they're like, oh, well now we'll, we'll, the system will be where instead of sitting on the track, will hang from the track and your feet can kind of dangle. But at the end of the day, it's just another kind of flavor of the same sort of thing. And so I think that's why I'm so excited to talk about this because what you find in these different ride systems in the Disney parks is you find genuine diversity mm -hmm. of what it is. It's not just the same thing over and over and over again. And so that's, yeah, you guys are nailing it right on the head. What I wanted to focus on is two words, innovative and iconic. And so what what I, of course, we could talk about 
you know, we could just go right down the list of the app and identify, okay, here's this ride, here's this ride. But what I really want to, you know, point out is, is it innovative? Meaning, did Disney really come up with this initially or one of the first ones that were ever released, this type of ride or ride system? And is it iconic? Has it stood the test of time? Meaning, we have some on here that were opening day attractions, and they're still some of the most popular rides. So I thought that'd be fun. So <clears throat> speaking of that, the first one that I wanted to get into is the Autopia cars. So this was an opening day attraction at Disney. What's interesting is that the original Autopia cars were so rudimentary, right? Like just bare bones. Um, they are the brainchild of Bob Gurr. He is like the... Gr- godfather of anything that has wheels at Disneyland. Basically, I mean, I think there's a quote he has out there where he says, if it has wheels at Disneyland, I probably invented it, which is true, right? (laughs) Bob Gurr, who's an Imagineer, um, one of the original Imagineers, just absolutely uh, a genius when it comes to ride vehicles. But what's funny is, again, these these Autopia cars, they were so basic. I mean, they didn't have bumpers. You know, today we have that center guardrail that keeps people on track. There, None of that existed in the beginning. They, There was no padding on the steering wheel. I don't even know if they had seatbelts. There's stories. Well, 1955, of, they definitely did not have seatbelts. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if, if, you, if you watch video of that time, you, these cars were all over the track. Yeah. Like, bumping yeah. into each other, going yeah. the wrong way. Yeah, imagine, imagine bumper cars, but, yeah. you know, not in a bumper car. Yeah. In fact, there's stories of kids ended up in the first aid booth with busted out teeth. Because they had just like rammed into each other. Someone called that, that was, the good that old was, days. That was the best day of their life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lost my tooth at Disneyland. Uh, probably got a problem, free t-shirt out of it. It was it was uh, on a steering wheel. So anyways, that, that any, any memories or fun uh, experiences you guys have other than in today's world choking on the uh, exhaust of the Autopia oh, car? The smelliest part of the park is Absolutely. at Tomorrowland Speedway. I love that smell so much. <laughs> it <laughs> we went to disney world i think once or twice as a kid and i do remember that ride being fun because when you're a, a young kid oh i get to drive my own car yes. that's pretty cool that's yep. pretty now as an adult that goes seven you know it goes like what seven eight miles an hour yeah and it's there's no power steering the fast ones do the fast yeah. ones you know you're going downhill you're going yeah <laughs> it's uh i will say nowadays definitely would appreciate an update. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, this was probably always been one of my favorite rides, my favorite attractions for the same reason, right? Because I've always wanted to drive. As a kid, I was like, yes, I get to do it. I get to drive. And you know what? Forget about the fact that there was a rail kind of guiding the car wherever you went. You couldn't go too far. Forget about the fact that, you know, there were bumpers and it was really slow. And and frankly, if you were too short, actually, you still weren't allowed to drive. Someone else had to drive kind of a thing. Forget about all that. I felt like I was. And so it was it was the most exciting. It was one of the most exciting rides for me always. That was one that I I just wouldn't miss. And and by the way, I want to point out, right, so we, we're talking about Autopia, and that's the opening attraction at Disneyland. At Disney World, it's not called that, right? It's called it's called something else. Do you remember what it's called? Wait. Tomorrowland yeah, Speedway. Tomorrowland yeah. Speedway, right? Which is completely phony. You're not going fast at all. <laughs> um, especially while you're standing out there in the sun waiting to get on a car while the sun's and they had they, they had to shorten the track to put tron in yeah I believe. 
Yeah. So, um, so anyways, it's, it's always been one of my favorites. I agree, Ryan. I think that it is well past time for an update. Um, you know, today, um, and I, I can't remember how it is at Disneyland. I know at Disney World, the Tomorrowland Speedway is sponsored by Honda. But they're the ones that provide all of the lawnmower engines to power those cars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Basically what it is, right? Yeah. And it would make sense, not to get ahead of ourselves, uh, with what they're doing to test track with GM kind of renewing their partnership. That you, you Imagine that it's probably going to go, maybe at some point, the Speedway will go electric, I would yeah. think. Maybe well, Honda will sponsor an electric I, I'm, vehicle. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just surprised that we haven't gotten there already, to yeah. tell you the truth. Like, prob- I'm yeah, actually really, well really surprised we haven't because, it, very plain and simple, when I take my kids to places now where there is a go-kart track or something like that, all the carts are now electric. Mm-hmm. Like, they, and they have incredible ways for them to charge and everything. So I'm really kind of surprised that it hasn't happened already because I think it's probably a pretty seamless transition for them, all things considered. Oh, yeah. And and with their push to be more um, environmentally friendly in all sorts of areas, I'm like, really? Like, we went paper straws, but we didn't get rid of the gasoline-powered <laughs> cars, you know? That's I fair. mean, what's going on That's here, guys? Fair. I don't know. Yeah. Get me in that boardroom, y'all. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, Autopia was the uh, first one on our list. The, the next one that I came to, just kind of maybe going a little bit in um, historical order, uh, the first little bit here, was the Matterhorn. So, the Matterhorn came out in 1959. Today, the Matterhorn is like, I don't even want to get on that thing. It hurts my back. It's rickety. It's this. I feel a little bit out of control. But what you have to do is go back in your mind to 1959. That was the first steel tube roller coaster. And it really kicked open the door. I mean, up to that point, all of the roller coasters were wooden, right? You're talking Coney Island, you know, those types of coaster rides. And this, again, it's another Bob Gerb brainchild right but this opened the door for all of our other coasters like everything that we can imagine yeah spun off of the Matterhorn and so anyways um maybe not so much the Matterhorn as far as fond memories but just some of your favorite coasters in the parks just love or that are innovative to you where you for me it was I I wrote myself a note on the way over is mine train the first time i got on mine train and those cards are swaying left to right it blew my mind yeah like i was like this is a this is such a smooth yeah seven doors mine train yeah seven doors Mm -hmm. mine train in magic kingdom it was just such a smooth fun ride to be on well well, i'll talk a little bit about matterhorn for a second since that's where we started I mean, outside of Autopia, this was probably one of my favorite attractions as a kid because it was a thrill roller coaster. This was one that had a height requirement, right? You know, I think it's 36 inches or so. So it's not like huge, but when you're a little kid, you know, sometimes you got to wait a little while till you get there, you know, and it, and it was one of the faster rides growing up back then in terms of what you did. I would call it a thrill ride. It's interesting. There was a huge gap between my visits to Disneyland for basically as a child to teenager to to an adult. I mean, it was probably 20 years in between almost. And when I rode Matterhorn as an adult, I'm like, has it always been this way? <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I remember enjoying this a lot more. I agree yeah. with you, Dak. I was like, oh, it was painful. You don't fit in the seats themselves. Right. Like there's just no space. Um, and and it was what I think what shocked me the most was, frankly, how slow of a ride it was. Yes. Because I got on expecting a roller coaster and it was a roller coaster in name only. Yeah. And it's really um, it's really kind of like you can see where it's the elementary style of roller coaster, right? I'm going to drag you up this incline with a chain or some type of mechanism that pulls you up certain height. And then it's just a matter of gravity taking over. And so again, it it is a little fundamental or rudimentary, however we want to say it, but it, it, the reason why I have it on this list is number one, it's still in the park. Like I can't imagine Disneyland without the Matterhorn. Yeah. And so it's it passes the iconic test, but yeah. I think it also passes the innovative test because at the time it, it was, was so mind blowing, yeah. right? Can you ma- can you imagine being the Imagineers in that room? Who's going to ride this first and test it out? Because on the Imagineering Story documentary, you have they show video of yeah guys riding it, and you got to think at some point there were guys that maybe got a little banged up. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that ride. Sure. being the Absolutely. first steel roller coaster. Yeah. So and they don't do the uh, the the mountain climbers anymore. No, no. You're the lady. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and the re- uh, the skyway used to run through the Matterhorn. Yeah, yep. that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I don't know. It was one of my favorites. But you know, it did lay the foundation for the great roller coasters we enjoy now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's there's no there's no big thunder mountain. Right. right. Without the innovation of Matterhorn, there's no space mountain. OK, right. I mean, these are these are the things that when we really started to have thrill roller coasters. Yeah, that's that's all thanks to Bob Gurr sitting there. And, you know, as you watch the Imagineering story and, and I remember watching some of those guys do their little test things, I couldn't help but also remember Walt in his backyard sitting on a train. Yeah. Right. I mean, really, that's where all of this starts. Let's not forget about that part, you know, um, and absolutely all credit to Bob Gurr, but also all credit to Walt Disney, because he's the one that's kind of picturing like, boy, we can do some stuff here that maybe you're not going to see in other places. Yeah. yeah, we could make another wooden roller coaster, but why would we do that? Right. You know, and, and Bob realized as he's designing this, he's like, wood's just not going to cut it. Like, if we want to have the experience that we're trying to have, we've got to do something new. And that's where you get tubular steel. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, moving right along here. So the next one I had on our list was Peter Pan's flight. So love it or don't love it. Right. I don't want to say hate it. Love it or don't love it. Right. Again, Peter Pan is one of those iconic, innovative designs, right? So the thing that I love about Peter Pan is the track now runs above you. But when you get on your little pirate ship and sail off, it gives you the ability to see, you know, London below you. And of course, you know, we talked about this before on one of our previous episodes. The Imagineers are using that force perspective to make you feel like you're actually higher than what you are from the ground. But really, I think you're only like 10 to 15 feet or so off the ground. But it's just this feeling of being able to fly like Peter Pan did in the movie. And it's, again, it's one of those rides that stood the test of time where they've even gone back and said, we're not, not only are we not 
taking this out of the park, we're going to upgrade it and plus it year after year after year, you know, upgrade after upgrade to keep this ride in the parks. So any, uh, any thoughts, fond memories on Peter Pan for you guys? Well, I mean, for those that have never been on it, it's like a ski lift. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, it's, it's like a, a ski lift. Way of and, you know, and as I've thought about this, uh, I know we kind of we kind of bash on this ride a little bit. For oh, I want to, you know, for the record, you know, Peter Pan ranked 18 <laughs> out of our 30 attractions at the Magic Kingdom. And we we like, each have we our reasons for that. You know, you know part, it's interesting. partially because I ranked it really, really low. Right? Yeah, I think you know, I did four too. out of ten. But I think uh, I did too. Anyways, yeah, but you know, it's interesting to see, you know, here on your notes deck that it, it does, it reaches approximately 17 feet above the ground, which I didn't think it, it got that high. And that, that made me think a little bit about, okay, that's actually a pretty interesting concept that they came up with. 17 feet in the air is actually, that's no, that's no small feat. That's right. pretty, that's a pretty good distance. You know, and as I've been thinking about this attraction, you know, it's maybe I need to give it a little bit more credit. I wish it were longer. I wish it could go maybe twice as long. And the queue was half as long. And the queue was half as long. I think that's the challenge for this one is queue. Again, it's a testament to its popularity and people's desire, that nostalgia that comes from riding the Peter Pan ride. I think a lot of people feel like, hey, if if I didn't ride Peter Pan at Magic Kingdom, maybe not a lot of people in this room. But I think a lot of people feel like well, Peter, I gotta you know, take Peter, my kid on Peter Pan. Peter Pan was one of my favorite movies growing up. Yeah, as, mine as too. I and then when Peter. and then when and then when Hook came out with Robin Williams, mm-hmm. like that was like my favorite live action movie yeah. for a while. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And and I it, look, I wanna say, you know, because I brought it up, but it for me, when we ranked the rides, this ranked low a hundred percent and solely due to the queue, right? This was uh this was, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze because mm-hmm. it's a long, long wait for what you get out of it. But that doesn't discredit what it is. Yeah. And I think that's a really important distinction to make because Ryan, you're talking about, hey, it's not it's no small feat to go seventeen feet. Like remember, what the Imagineers did here was put you in the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. You are in the story. You're not watching the story. And now you get to do exactly what we saw, you know, Wendy and and whatever her well, brother you're in a, you're in a, you're I can't a, remember. You're in, a, you're in a pirate ship floating through the air. Yeah, well, and you know, and Tinkerbell sprinkled them with with pixie dust, and they flew right yeah. out of their bedroom window and and past Big Ben and and over the moon, and you see all of that. And what's so amazing though is that the artwork inside is exactly what you saw in the movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they tried to make it something different. It was the cars were little dots down there, right? Yeah. Just like you saw in the movie, and you're like, wow, I'm in it. So next time you go and watch it, you're like, I've been there. Yeah, yeah you feel like you're you flying can't over that. London. Yeah, absolutely. But you can beat the queue. That queue's terrible. I, just, <laughs> I can't get over it. But still, yeah, props to props to them there, because that, that's a major, major accomplishment. Yeah. All right. Moving along, the next one I had um, is the Omni Mover system, which probably the most popular of these is I I put the Doom Buggy from Haunted Mansion. So the Omni Mover, just to kind of describe it real quickly, is basically a conveyor belt of rides, right? Different types of ride vehicles that moves you along like a chain, right? It's consecutive and it just moves you along. The one unique thing about, I would say, the Omni Mover also is that it 
each individual car can be turned to face you whatever direction it is that they want to face you. And yeah. so that helps in a lot of ways as far as telling the story, getting the viewer, right? The, so from from a production standpoint, in the minds of the Imagineers, and Disney is like, hey, we can put these people on this continuous chain of rides so we can push a lot of people through the ride so it's very effective but also we can control what they're looking at so as i take them through the haunted mansion or as i take them through the little mermaid story i can turn their ride vehicle to have them face the part of the story that i want them to see in this moment so as i go around the corner in the in the building it helps the story continue without me still being stuck in the last part of the of the previous story that I was watching, right? So anyways, again, iconic, innovative. Innovative to me here outweighs the iconic because just this mindset of being able to get a lot of people through the ride with hopefully little to no stoppage, right? Ideally, <laughs> Well, and I, I, you, your innovative part, I think, is important because um, let's not forget the different flavors of this ride, too, right? You know, we start off talking about Haunted Mansion, Little Mermaid, kind of the clamshell sort of traditional thing that you're picturing. But there are a lot of attractions that have a similar type of thing that maybe look a little different. Spaceship Earth. Not a clamshell, right? You're kind of in a, a different car, but it, it does the exact same sort of thing. Um how about Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's actually the exact same thing. It is a continual moving concept, but now they kind of put you in this spaceship and there's an interactive element where you control where you spin it to, but it's it's the same system that was invented, but now with a different vehicle to go with it. And I, I wondered too even, it might be too far to say it because it doesn't quite spin, but but really, the concept, I think, starts with the people mover. I was yeah. just going to say that. I mean, that's yeah. where it starts, right? And the original people mover at the World's Fair was actual vehicles, okay? If I remember correctly, it was Ford Mustangs. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's, that's absolutely That's what correct. they had. And they pulled them on a track. And that's, and you so you wrote, wrote in an actual vehicle kind of a thing. But that's kind of where this started was, hey, we can just keep this thing going. And for me, I think when you talk about this particular type of attraction, I go back to the time when Walt was sitting on that bench and he was with, you know, I, Hey, there needs to be some sort of enterprise where a parent and a child can do the ride together. Yeah. And to me, th these types of attractions are all about that idea, sitting and being able to enjoy this experience, being in the story, like you mentioned, Randy, being in the story and having your child sit next to you and watching them, experience this story i think that's just magical i think that's just a testament to to walt's vision and how the imagineers took that vision and just hey what all what can we do with this this thought of waltz and how can we expound on this so i think yeah to me this was i think just it just goes back to walt for me yeah i agree you know we talk about magical and and that that relationship, that interaction with your loved ones while you're there, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's how you get the whole for ages nine to ninety nine kind of concept in yeah. there, right? It's literally for everybody because no matter how old you are or how young you are, you're able to bond with those around you 
from a shared experience of being transported somewhere different, right? You're leaving this earth planet and now you're going to Neverland or you're doing whatever it is or you're, you're, you're journeying through time mm-hmm. on spaceship earth. It's, it is magical. And it's, it's for all ages. You can take a baby on Haunted Mansion. If you are, you know, there are people in this world that unfortunately cannot go on a roller coaster for whatever reason. They more than likely can hop on a ride like Haunted Mansion or Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Yeah, absolutely. Little Mermaid would be better for the baby. Maybe not Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got to start them young. <laughs> Just get them used, get them used to it. Uh, all right. So now we're going to start to fast forward a little bit here. So um, I think for the most part, the parks stayed pretty much unchanged for quite a while. There was a pretty big gap there. And then insert Frank Wells and Michael Eisner. So now we're talking mid-80s. These two guys come in. They want to refresh the parks. They want to get things more updated and more, you know, technologically advanced. And so they they actually start talking with George Lucas and trying to create a relationship there, which, of course, we know now becomes a huge part of Disney's yeah. history, right? Yeah. This relationship with George Lucas. But at the time, George is working on Star Wars and all of that. Interesting little side note trivia thing that I picked up as I was doing some of my research. Disney actually went to George Lucas and asked him if he wanted to be the CEO before they went to David Wells. Or did I say David Wells? Frank Wells. The, the pitcher uh, for the David Padres? Wells, yeah, the pitcher for the Yankees. Before they went to this, talk to the pitcher for the Yankees. I don't think no. he's got the arm for Excuse it, me. personally. <laughs> Excuse me. So before they talked to Frank Wells and Michael Eisner, they actually met with George. Just for just a millisecond, think about how that could have impacted the parks. It, to have George Lucas <laughs> as the CEO of Disney back in 1984, 85 Listen, I don't think we'd be here today talking, having this show. I'll be honest, right? And the reason why, and it's because of this very topic, right? And I'm not discounting Lucas and and his own visionary sense, right? But what Eisner and Wells did in the 80s in bringing true entertainment to the parks, in trying to connect with the folks that were there – in going back to Imagineering and saying, you are the stars of this show. Let us give you the resources you need and get out of your way so that you can go and do amazing things. That's what was needed. I, and I just don't know, and we'll talk about it here, but I just don't know that George Lucas was going to be the guy to be able to come up with the Star Tours ride attraction itself. No, I agree. I agree. And and not not just from the park's perspective, but also from the movie perspective, right? If you remember, this was as we're heading into the Renaissance years of Disney movies. And not to say, obviously, we know George Lucas, amazing, you know, producer and director and all of those wonderful things that he is. But you also got to remember, they also kicked open the doors on the animation side of Disney it came to Little Mermaid, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. That's when all of these things kicked off. So I'm, it was interesting trivia, but so glad that things worked out the way that they did. 
from that perspective. Okay, let's get back on track. Sorry, I, I had a little side story there that led us off the wrong path, but um, we'll have an episode about CEOs. We'll do that. I could get a little dicey. Anyways. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, so it's 1984, Frank Wells, Michael Eisner come on the scene. They're trying to get innovative and they are working with Lucas. Basically they, they make a little side deals, little side hustle for Lucas and say, basically, if we can use for every attraction we can use, that's tied to you and tied to your IP, your IP, we'll pay you a million dollars per attraction per year. Pretty sweet deal for for George. Yeah, in the 80s it was. That was not bad. Yeah. You know. So they they get his permission to do that. Now our as we discussed on a previous podcast, our favorite imagineer it sounds like Tony Baxter, right? He's already created the uh Big Thunder Mountain ride. He comes on the scene, and if you remember this story on uh the imagineering story, Basically, Michael Eisner's son comes in and says, pitch me what you got. And so, Tony Baxter's like, great, my job, my sense of living (laughs) is relying on a 12-year-old boy. And I got to figure out how to make him happy. Well, he does it, right? He comes up with this idea of Star Tours, which was a simulator ride, right? So, they figured out, hey, if we get in a simulator... We can put a screen on. We can find the right footage of Star Wars. We can move the vehicle slightly to the right, left, up, down. They had to dial it in so that people weren't like losing their lunch on the ride. But eventually, they figured it out. And now, fast forward into the 90s, every mall in America had a simulator ride in it, right? So again, here's that iconic... And innovative thought process that literally changed. I'm going to bash on Universal right now. Universal would not exist without simulator rides, it feels like, because all they have is high-speed coasters and simulator rides. But it all started really right here. Again, Disney opening up that door for simulator rides and creating that process. So thoughts? Yeah, I can appreciate the simulator ride. To me, it's a vomit fest. Um, <laughs> you know, Universal. I, I love Universal, but yeah, you're right. They have they have 4D simulator rides and they have thrill coasters, and not a lot in between. But Star Tours, to me, yeah, and, and I forget they went to a company to obtain the technology for that 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 uh, that attraction and i can't remember exactly which company they went to um it's on the imagineering story but it was some aerospace company yeah it's on these uh what do you call them my mind's drawing a blank flight simulator a flight simulator yes um so the technology is amazing and i mean randy to hear you talk about how it does not make you as sick now as it used to that ride always makes me sick it feels like there's no air conditioning in there oh yeah there's not i mean it just I mean, I, get, I go on, I come out looking green. Listen, I was on, I'll tell you just a quick story. And I know I've done a lot of talking, so I apologize. But so my girls, I've wrote it. I wrote it once, barely made it off. My wife and my girls are just like the next time we go, they're just, you got to go with us, dad. You got to go. You got to go. So just like you're talking about, no AC in there. I'm just like white knuckling the, you know, armrests, sweat, like 
literally is just pouring off me. I'm doing everything I can to keep it in my body. And like literally as soon as those doors open, I'm mowing over little children, old ladies, right for the trash can. Because it just, it, it just destroyed me. Like it got me so, so bad. Done did tore you up. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. It, man, I'm telling you. I And from that moment, I just, I've swore off Star Tours. I just can't. I can't trust it. Well, you know, I think the part I want to focus on here is, well, there's there's two parts to it. Number one, number one is this. There's no other attraction in any of the parks, any of the magic, any of the Disney parks that is exactly like Star Tours. So this is, again, this goes, I think, to the point that we made at the beginning of this show, which was what a lot of theme park companies do is they take the same thing and they just kind of repurpose it, repackage it, okay? And I'm not knocking on Universal, but Universal has a whole lot of attractions that is exactly the same attraction just with a different IP, mm-hmm. you know? So they just they just put a different suit on it, okay? Star Tours is the only one that's just like Star Tours. There is nothing that is completely like Star Tours where you get on and you are in this group and you're flying through the spaceship. And so what did Disney do to keep it fresh and relevant? Well, now they've got new scenes, new adventures, so that every time you ride it, you could be getting something a little bit different. You're never going to just keep doing the same thing over and over. And this is what gives it such a unique advantage over a traditional roller coaster, because every time I ride Big Thunder Mountain, I know what's coming next. I know where that goat's at. (laughs) Every time I ride Space Mountain, even though it's in the dark, I know where the turns and the drops and everything are. I've ridden it so many times. Um, uh, The simulator here... You know, you get to do something different where if you ride it back to back, you could get two different experiences. And their advantage has been that they've been able to keep it fresh and continue to add content to it now. So now that you the 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 newer generation of Star Wars fans, the trilogies they have grown up with, there's elements of those that have been able to be incorporated into it. And I just think that I think it's really unique. I also think, though, and I want to talk about throwing up for just a second. Because it used to make me do that a lot. And I don't wonder that the improvement in the technology, you've got better projection systems, right? You've got smoother frame rates and everything like that. I don't wonder if for me personally that's helped my motion sickness because my motion sickness is largely ocular driven, right? Mm -hmm. There's a disconnect between my eyes and my stomach and my brain on some of the motion and by introducing better technology to show me what I'm seeing, all of a sudden I just don't feel it like I used to, mm. you know? That's interesting. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, you know, and also with that attraction, the the queue area is really, really cool. I will say that. It is. You know, you feel like you are in it is. Star Wars. I still won't get on it without a lightning lane. You know, I because you can, you can usually grab a lightning you lane usually can, right at the time you want to get on it, so that you can skip the line and just grab another lightning lane immediately when you get and off. And mo- most times that I have been there, there usually is a, a, a time of the day where the wait is ten minutes or less, or less, honestly. Yeah. And isn't okay. So just going to like you said, just again, super quick, the genius of Tony Baxter, yeah. right? The genius of Tony Baxter is like, hey, we're going to do this ride. It's a Star Wars ride. But instead of going out and saying, oh, we're going to put you on an X-Wing fighter or one of these, you know, ships that you see. No, his thought process is you're going to be on some transport vehicle. Yeah. Right. It's you're it's like you're at the airport. And that's the fun thing about the queue is you're going through, you're seeing luggage, you're seeing, you know, droids working on different things and so forth. And so it's supposed to be this like just, hey, we're going to Hoth for skiing or whatever. Right. And then all of a sudden 
story turns, yeah, yeah. right? And now you're in this adventure. And again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. You're in the adventure, right? Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. watching Luke Skywalker. You're not watching Han Solo. You are in the adventure with C-3PO who's freaking out and, you know, all this is going on around you as you yeah. ride on the ride. So, yeah. again, it just goes back to the genius of some of these guys that, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of, you know, all these Imagineers as they come up with these concepts and these, these thought processes yeah. of really immersing you in the story. Okay. All right, let's let's we're we're taking way too long cuz I think it's just so hard cuz we love these these rides so much. So just super quick a spin-off of actually a spin-off of this um simulator ride was the Indiana Jones dinosaur. I think there's another Indiana Jones adventure in Tokyo or Disney Sea where the ride vehicle was created. So this is kind of a fun backstory. They went, so we talked about all these simulator rides showing up in the malls in the 90s. They went and grabbed one of those, put it on the back of this vehicle, blindfolded some, you know, guys to ride in the truck, pumped in sound of Indiana Jones and, uh, you know, Sala and all of these things and got this ride vehicle to go down the road and simulate some of the movements and and so forth of Indiana Jones. They loved it, and so, boom, here comes, you know, one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best ride vehicles. We've talked a lot about systems, but this is an actual vehicle. I mean, it moves right to left. It shakes when it sees the snakes as you're going through the Indiana Jones ride. You know, it's speeding up, slowing down, all of these things, and it allows for such a fun adventure as you go on Dinosaur and Indiana Jones, you know, at Disneyland. Yeah. And again, they put you in the story. You yeah. see Indiana Jones off in the distance, but you are playing the role of going through the attraction. So same with Dinosaur. I forget, I forget what's the, uh, you're trying to, what are, you, what are you trying to find in Dinosaur? I forgot. The Iguanodon or something? Yeah, yeah. You're trying to find some fake dinosaur. You're trying to find some <laughs> fake dinosaur. They, yeah. So by traveling through time, that's right. And then, <laughs> and then the big meteors come and wipe out all the dinosaurs, and you're trying to now beat that getting back. You don't get to take your dinosaur back. Yeah, that's right. Just for the better, because they need to stay dead. It's <laughs> anyways, but that's not the point. You know, again, going back to the Indiana Jones part is how they bring you into the story, right? You know, and who's who's the narrator talking to you through it? It's John Rhys Davies, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Good old Sala himself is the one that's kind of coaching you through it and like, Indy, come along, my friend. <laughs> right. And and I just it's it's just so awesome. And you get to see all of that that unique stuff. I'm excited about the potential of that coming to Animal Kingdom. As yeah. much as I love the dinosaur ride, I do think that the Indiana Jones flavor of it, and it's by the way, it's the exact same ride, just different IPs skinning it. Um, yeah. I do think that's going to add a lot. I, I, th- I just think that's a great idea. But it is. It's a unique a unique vehicle. It's, it gets all of the senses at a certain point, right, and can simulate things where even you think you're moving faster than you are. I mean, it, it seems like you're going really fast because these hydraulic rams underneath mm-hmm. it are like lifting it up and pulling it down and lifting it up. And it is so cool. 
Yeah. There's one point where you're supposed to be going like downstairs. Yeah. And you actually feel it like shuddering yeah. and, and rumbling like you're going downstairs. Obviously, there's no stairs, but it, it's just such a great vehicle and such a great system. Okay. Uh, sake of time, let's let's keep moving. The next one I had is the trackless ride system. So for this one, lots of examples, right? But but the first was the Hollywood Tower of Terror. My so, favorite ride. Yeah, great ride, amazing ride. Scares the. the it's your favorite ride too, right? Yeah, Zach? yeah. It's your absolute absolutely favorite? hate this. You ride. never you never miss it. <laughs> but what it is is just so innovative right so (laughs) basically what they do is they take these magnetic strips they put them in the in the flooring and they lock in this vehicle to these magnetic strips with and so it allows it to not have any sort of track system Mm -hmm. so the floor is completely smooth it creates this element of surprise and not knowing where you're going and it's just so smooth um but yeah and then it as far as other rides in the parks, it's just taken off, right? So Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railroad, that's a trackless system. I'm trying to think, oh, uh, Ratatouille, another trackless system. Just within the parks, it's just such a great... Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Rise is another great example. I think Rise is where it works the best because you're supposed to be on a Star Destroyer anyways. Mm-hmm. And so that nice slick concrete that they create yeah, these trackless yeah. systems on, it just does such a great job of hiding where you're going next. And the R4, R5, I can't remember. And that, you know, and that particular system gives, gives you a lot of options. If you look at Minnie and Minnie, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway, that's a, that's a tongue twister. There's a scene in there where Minnie is directing you as you dance. Which Daisy, can, Daisy, 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 sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Daisy, conga, the conga, <laughs> and that really, let's be honest, that can only be done with a trackless vehicle. Yeah, the way that conga moves. Well, and you know what's really cool about it too, by the way, is you don't always end up in the same order that you leave on. So, so, so Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, you are in this train. Okay, train car procession, and then it all gets you know gets crazy up. on the Runamuck yeah. Railway, right, and your cars kind of split off as you go in different spots and you would just think that, Oh, you're, we're all just going to get back in the same order. No, I've been in there so many times where, where I was right behind goofy. Now I'm like two or three cars back and it's because it's smart to know hey, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just put it all back together. You know, sometimes you end up in the same spot. Sometimes you don't, but, but the genius of it is that it just keeps going. Yeah. And I do want to say, let's not forget about tower of terror too, because there was a second component to this that was very, very unique, mm-hmm. which was how do we make an elevator do the exact thing it's designed to not do? <laughs> right. Right? Which is, hence, I mean. Hence my love of it. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and that's what they did. They went to the elevator companies and they said, hey, we need you to design an elevator that will, that will drop. And they're like, why would you do that? And, you know, this is where a lot of the discussion in my family comes back and forth because they're all like, oh, I hate the. I hate free dropping. I'm like, you're not free dropping. You're, right. being, pulled. you're being pulled. You're literally being pulled. And, and there are people in my family. They'll listen to this episode. They're like, no, you're wrong. They don't believe me. Anyways, I watched the stuff. It's true. You were being pulled. Being and, pulled. There's no, and no ride is exactly the same. It's different it's not, every time. It's a different variation every single time. But but it's able to simulate sensations that give you the excitement, the adrenaline, the fear, all of that at once. But you should know always in the back of your mind, I'm completely safe. 
Yeah. No, you're not. You're completely safe. No, lizard, lizard brain will tell you you're not, <laughs> but uh, real brain should you step up You are someday. holding on for your dear life. No, 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 no. My, my hands are my, in the air. My buddy. hands are in the air. Hey, when, <laughs> when, you, in the air. when you were being shot up and then immediately get pulled down, oh, yes. and you were you were weightless for you're, you're weightless. one to two yep. seconds. Yep, that is the mm, best. You feeling. come up off your seat, and your seatbelt's the only thing holding you down. Oh, amazing. Yes. Okay, so Dex, 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 Dex is sweating. Yeah, yeah. I so I am just terrified of this ride, but every single time I let you schmucks. <laughs> talk me into getting on it and one time i i think we were with my brother or anyways it doesn't matter i get talked into going on it i'm hating it the whole way my wife had secretly brought on a bottle of water and uncapped the lid and so as you're being pulled up and being <laughs> dropped well not dropped pulled up and pulled down this water and I'm I'm in panic mode, right? Like my brain is not functioning the way it should normally function where logic still is in play. This is excellent. It's out the window. I love this story. So I'm freaking out, right? Like water's falling on me. I'm going up and down in the air. It was like the worst. I'm freaking out. I love like, everything about where's this. Where's the story? water coming from? <laughs> Everybody on the train car or whatever that card is called yeah. is laughing their brains off at me. Like just dying because <laughs> here's this full grown man absolutely losing his mind yeah. on this ride. Yeah. Anyways, every time I go, every time I go, Pete, like I've had cast members. We were at Disneyland, right? Were you there with me at Disneyland? Cast members like, you okay there? And I'm like, no, just close the doors and let's get this over with. Like <laughs> every time I go on this ride, I have to like talk. But you'll do, like you'll it. do Guardians of the Galaxy oh, at I love Disneyland. Guardians. Yes. I love Guardians. This is where Ryan and I look at each other as like this, this whole story makes no sense. It's this the same is, ride. It's the yeah. exact this is, same this ride. Is the Different argument. background. Yeah. This is the argument between the three of us, but I, I don't know. What Maybe it it's is. the Twilight Zone you're afraid of. It could be. Yeah. It could be. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, Guardians in Disneyland does not do it to me like Love Terror. Okay. Hey, you guys should love that I'm willing to go on it. All right, here we go. Uh, last couple of ones that I have on my list. Um, just real quick, Soren. Again, if you've seen the Imagineering story, we keep referencing it because they talk about some of these iconic rides. Soren was a new concept. Discovered by or or put together by oh his name's escaping me Mark Sumner Mark Sumner right goes home this is a famous story in in Disney lore right he goes home over Thanksgiving break puts together his kids erector set figures out <laughs> hey if I if I create this little motion vehicle that will hang glide people up I can put three rows of people. We can crank it up and we can put them in front of a big screen. Again, part of that simulator. You start to see now how different rides start to bleed over into other rides. But again, the innovative thought process of putting them on this system that rolls you up in front of this giant screen. And then, of course, the Imagineers plus it. Get some fans blowing on you so you feel like you're hang gliding. Smell it, sir. Get some smells. Yeah, that's... Mm -hmm. Probably one of the best parts is they start pumping in different smells as you go through different uh, views of the of the movie that you're watching. So it's anyways, love Soren, love, love, love Soren over California. Super excited that they're bringing it back for a limited time at 
Disney World, but just a great ride. If I were to give you guys the same erector set, <laughs> you think you could build the, the, the Soren model? Absolutely not. No I, way. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I, yeah. you know. You, I mean, that, you, that, you would have all the same pieces and parts that Mark Sumner had. I think that's. Could that's, you even get close? That's why Imagineers are special people. I mean, I'm serious. That's why they're special people because you can look at something and be like, huh, what am I going to build out of this? Oh, look. Hey, guys, I made a new attraction, right? <laughs> Say what now? Yeah, so if, if you haven't seen the Imagineering story, they, I mean, they, they show the Erector Set model in there, and it's fascinating. Yeah. And and this is this is an attraction that hits on all of the senses except for taste, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it hits all of them. Sight, sound, touch, yeah. right? It's it's all Smell. right there. Smell. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's amazing to be able to put that all into one thing. And most importantly, most importantly, by the way, and I'm sure it's because of patents, but I've never seen anything like this anywhere else. No. No one's even tried to do anything. Yeah, you're right. Like this, which is good because they'd screw it up. I'm sure of it. <laughs> but but People that's the thing off. is, you know, usually someone invents a roller coaster and someone's like, well, I'm going to make a faster roller coaster. No one's trying to recreate Soren because you just can't. You just can't do what they're doing here and capture it the same way. And it's such a beloved ride. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that nobody has tried to replicate that. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's a, it's I'm a sure there's thing. some patents going on, but yeah. you know, um, but you know, by the way, all that, all the, the imagery that you see, the, the, the film, like that's, they captured that on their own, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a thing that's all their own IP. It's not like they went and licensed some stuff off Shutterstock. <laughs> Although I will say some of that video needs bad updating yeah, at this point, so, so maybe time. they should. But it is uh, time for an update, and that's what I hope. I hope by bringing Soren over California yeah. back that this is a chance for them to really refresh the things because I'm so tired of flying into uh, Epcot of 1992. Yeah, like I don't even know what that park is. I'm, yeah. I don't recognize anything about it. Okay, so that that was my last real one. That's not an updated or a combined version of one of these other rides. But I thought I'd, I thought I'd throw out just a couple of other honorable mentions, rapid fire, just so that we mention them and not leave them off. Cause there's someone screaming at their car speaker right now. Like you forgot test track and radiator Springs racers. No, we didn't. Those are our honorable mentions. I don't know that they're necessarily innovative or iconic, but they are amazing ride vehicles and and fun ride systems. The other one that I had is the, uh, what I call, I don't know what the official Disney name is, but these interactive 3d track rides. So like your web slingers, toy story mania. To me, the first time I got on toy story mania was just so fun. Yeah. Blew my mind. It blew my mind that that I could, that I could, I'm watching this image that I'm shooting as I pull on this string of this little... And it, there's a reaction. Like, I couldn't... I still... To tell you the truth, I still can't get as, as well-versed in video games as I am, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is... Think about this. This is like Duck Hunt on steroids, yeah. yes. okay? Yes. And it's remarkably... Accurate. And everybody's doing it all at the same time, and there's even an interaction and a crossover. Wow. And then it keeps track of who you are and where you are in the game as you move along. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and... It, I mean, I don't know, but there's got to be a couple hundred people on the ride at any given time, right? And it's just tallying, like to your point, it's tallying all these scores. It's interacting with all of these people. Yeah. And 
what the genius of it is that you could have been playing video games all your life. You could be grandma and grandpa and have never played a video game once. And anybody that gets on that ride can just pull that little string and have fun and get off. And the gamer loves it because he's competing like you guys are. Let's not kid ourselves. It's a competition. Yeah, you guys are kicking my trash. At at least between Ryan and I, it's a competition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dex always third place. I'm with Grandma, who's never apparently played a video game in her life. I can't seem to score any points. Yeah, Grandma beats Dak, too. Yeah, yeah, Grandma's beaten me. But it's still just like... And I could turn around and get right back on it and, and yep. ride it again. Yeah, so fun. Well, I, my arm needs a rest for a minute, but still. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just real quick, let's just kind of close out with some thoughts on now we've talked through all of these ride vehicles, their ride systems. I know we're up against the clock. We're running a little long tonight, but uh, where they start to take different concepts of these different iconic ride systems and they mash them together so you brought up first one that came to my mind you brought up earlier is rise right so you have what you have the trackless system in the ride vehicle you have simulators going on all around you yeah you already mentioned the whole transport idea and there's a transport system in that attraction yep Uh, yeah they put you in a drop tower and it's a simulator transport right because Mm -hmm. you've got the screens going on i want to say this rise is undoubtedly it's the perfect ride Mm -hmm. because it literally takes the best of everything they've ever invented and puts it into one minus a tube roller coaster. There's no tube roller coaster. That's the only thing that's missing, right? But they up it by making it a virtual drop instead. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. It really is. Oh, we we can't not talk about this attraction and not mention our three to four day trip we had a couple of years ago where we, exp- we got to experience this attraction for the first time back before they did a virtual yep. queue. It was waking up at four 30 in the morning and getting to the park with everyone else and trying to get into the park first or at a park that didn't open till eight 30 technically, yep. but because there were so many people, they opened at six. Yep. And then able to get that, that attraction and then going on it for the first time, I still will never forget. And I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's not done it, but there are some there are some moments where my jaw literally dropped yeah. and was completely blown away by what my eyes were seeing. Yeah. When you get on the train, like, I mean, first of all, you don't even know that that the attraction has actually started. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're probably 25 to 30 percent into it before you realize, oh, we actually started this a while ago. Yeah. We're the story has started. We're on this on this ride okay, what, what's going on? And then some things happen and doors open and you just witness things that, like you said, Dak, all this technology and ideas they have put together to create this this sensory overload that your jaw is just drop. I don't know what was more exciting. So yeah, so we go on this trip just to kind of, you know, retell the story a little bit. We go on this trip the three of us were there a couple of days, I want to say, beforehand. And then James, if you remember, James, yep. our buddy, joined us. We were like little fourth grade <laughs> girls. We were so excited to yep. have James experience this for the first time. Yep. It, it was just so mind-blowing. That's the only phrase that comes to my head when I think about this is just how 
innovative and how crazy it was the first couple of times to go on it. You know, and and I'll I'll pivot just a little bit on this because I felt the same way when I rode Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run the first time. I yes. could not I could not real I I just couldn't I couldn't comprehend when I got off that I really just flew the Millennium Falcon. Like I mm-hmm. I did, right? Everything we did did something as part of this experience and our experience was unique compared to other people as a result of it. I remember having the same experience the first time I rode Avatar Flight of Passage, right? Yes. There was something so unique about this that I'd never done it before that you get up and you're like, I just, you can't recreate that. And and what the Imagineers have done, this is probably my final thought on the whole thing, what the Imagineers have done and continue to do is each time something comes out, they level up, mm-hmm. Right. Ratatouille is not my favorite ride, but it is absolutely unique in terms of, and, and Minnie and Mickey is very similar in this, but it, but Ratatouille is so unique in all of the things that it combines from the, from, from the trackless simulator now. Right. Now right. you're, now you're not just trackless, but you're in a trackless simulator to a certain extent because they add these 3D screens in there that make you think that something else is going on. And then the first time I rode Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, guys, I just, you know, man, it makes, I get a little teary just thinking about it, how excited and how happy I was. And we got off that ride. We were there for, for, um, for Kayla's 40th birthday party is the first time we did it. And so this was an adult's trip and, um, we got off of it and it was virtual queue. And I immediately got out my phone, pulled the app. I'm like, is there any possible way I can go on it again? And that's when I discovered, oh, I can buy my way on. Yeah. <laughs> and we just did it because we were like, yes, yes, more, you know, and I still every single time, all of those attractions, every time I do it, there's not a part of me that doesn't get off and is still surprised. Like, how did they do that? Mm-hmm. So amazing. Yeah, I I think that's what it is for me is like, again, now the culmination of all of these innovative rides as they come together in a cosmic rewind in a you know millennium falcon smugglers run in a rise it's just so amazing to experience all of these different systems at once i i mean again going back to your to the smugglers run just the thought process of like again i get a unique experience and so do 50 other people that are on the same ride at the exact same time it's and I don't know if you've ever watched a you know one of those peel back the curtain documentaries on how they created this thing, but it's just again it just speaks to the genius of these guys that are sitting up in that imagineering offices and you know dreaming up these ideas and then saying, well, I don't know if we can do that. Well, let's go back to the Walt, right? Let's figure it out. Right? I don't know if we can do this, but we're going to find a way to make it happen because it's a phenomenal idea. Uh, sorry, the technology doesn't exist. Oh, well, mm-hmm. we're going to make Create it exist. It. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're going to invent it. And so that's just so amazing. Anyways, uh, Ryan, your final thoughts on this? No, I think just going back again to, to Walt's vision, uh, you know, this was a man who really just wanted to experience things with his kids. And we, we go from, from that moment in time to where we are now. And I'm excited for what the future holds. Uh, I mean, like you said, these Imagineers, they're guys in a room thinking stuff up. 
that's that's their job and they're thinking of the the next wave of of technology right now and who knows what's going to what's going to come down the pipe in, in the next few years but it's exciting because you know it's going to be fantastic you know it's going to be great so well cool do we have uh do we have time for a magical scenario of course we do <laughs> how, could, how could we how could we end without yeah, a magical scenario and i think i think this about. week that's brought to us by ryan yes. okay so we'll see if this is a, a legitimate magical scenario so kind of speaking of video games so i was thinking today so i i don't play a lot of video games now i used to play you know games like madden back in the day maybe a little call of duty back in the day i don't play video games that much at all anymore except the occasional Fortnite. okay my brother who lives in arizona will hop on you know wives are out doing something you know kids are at a friend's house Hey, it's eight o'clock on a Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, let's play a little Fortnite. Okay. You know, it got me thinking about, <laughs> and this just may be a lame scenario here, but I was thinking, all right, what if you were in the magic kingdom and there is a zombie apocalypse that's about to happen? <laughs> what is happening? Okay. So here's a, a little backstory. So the strategy that my brother and I implement in Fortnite is not to go head on and, and start attacking people it's we're gonna go run and hide okay. <laughs> we are finding our hiding spots and that's where we're gonna set up camp and usually we can make it to the final three or so so i was you know i was thinking if if you had a fortnight type scenario but it was during like a zombie apocalypse where you had to hide somewhere in the magic kingdom to avoid being hunted down where are you gonna hide does that make sense? Yes. As crazy as that sounds. I mean, we could have left all the zombies and Fortnite stuff out and been like, where's your favorite hiding spots in Magic Kingdom? Yeah, but all right, all right, I, that's I, fine. I, I, I get it. I, I get it. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you where I'm not going to hide. The caves on Tom Sawyer Island. The bears already got that place, Okay. Bears, bear wins that one. Well, here's that, the deal. That I, spot's out, boys. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um... Man, I got to think about this a little bit. I th- I think if I um, I don't know what the status is now of this area in the park. Back in Splash Mountain, as you go way back there, and you kind of go under mm-hmm. the little train station—not station, but bridge there. Me, you're in the furthest part back of the park. There's got to be some good hiding spots back in between Big Thunder and uh, Thunder and Splash Mountain. Hmm. Of course, now it's probably all under construction, and the I'd go back there, and the walls would be all up, and then I'd be... The walls are up. Then my brains would be eaten by the zombies. Oh, brains. <laughs> um, how, many, how many places? We're just supposed to pick one place? Yeah, just a places? place. Yeah, if you, had to, if you had to hide somewhere. You know where I'm hiding? I'm hiding... And actually, you could pick. I'll give you one of two, but it's the same sort of thing, right? I'm going to go hide in the ATAT in Rise of the Resistance. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Or if I can't hide in that one, I'll go hide in the ATAT outside uh, Star Tours. Okay. <laughs> nice. Either I'll one. The but that I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm getting up high. You're in an elevated position. Here's the thing. One thing we know about zombies. They can't climb. Okay, <laughs> they have to. They have to kind of form the human wall, and they're just going to be too lazy to realize I'm going to be up there. So I'm. Just, that's where I'm going to hide. I like wow, it. That is I didn't genius. even think of that. 
Yes. So my thought would be to hide inside Pirates of the Caribbean okay. on the ship. Barbosa. With oh. Barbosa. Can zombies swim? I mean, I, I don't think they can. You'd probably be okay. Maybe that would make you okay at Tom Sawyer's app, but I don't know. I mean, that, you got to fight the bear. You got to fight the bear for that hiding spot. I got to be honest. I didn't know there were caves on Tom Sawyer Island. I know there's some hiding spots, but I didn't know there were actual caves. Uh, are we friends? <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Tom. I mean, I actually like Tom Sawyer yeah, Island. It's apparently great. not. You got the fort. Hey, it's like the big, it's the most important that's part a, about That's it. another hiding spot is the fort on Tom Ooh, Sawyer yeah. Island. Yeah. I, the, you're boxed in on the fort. I wouldn't hide there. Once you're in, there's, there's no escape. Yeah. And there's lots of, lots of different ways to probably come at you, but no way to get out of it, you know? Now, hey, if we're if we're if we're being serious about this, you could if you could somehow hide in the uh, Kilimanjaro Safari on the on the on the, the Serengeti with the lions, they, they could <laughs> and they could they could protect you. Yeah, just saying, you're out of your mind. I know. Oh. Yeah, go hide with the gorillas instead. <laughs> okay. See how that works instead. out for you when they rip um, your arms off of your sockets. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I do like I do like the Pirates of the Caribbean um, idea. You know, I might go hide in the Millennium Falcon itself. Yeah. You know, um, somewhere, somewhere there. I can find a lot of places I think I would hide in Hollywood studios. I'm not sure in other places so much where I would go. I mean, the the top of Tower of Terror. It'd be hard for people to get up there. Zombies. Yeah, I mean, maybe the top of Splash Mountain. You'd have a quick exit. You'd go to your laughing place. <laughs> <laughs> get it by the I think, goat i think we need to end it there yeah the laughing it's getting place. late <laughs> oh my gosh we're getting slap happy over here awesome okay. this was a fun episode yeah, appreciate episode. your your time deck yeah that together yeah hopefully uh hopefully it wasn't too much of a history lesson hopefully we had some fun along the way but hey, listen, check us out on all of our social media platforms. You have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Escape to the Magic Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a review. We did find out recently that you cannot actually write a review on Spotify, but you can on Apple. So if you give us a review on Apple, we will try to read it on, on the show. And you can on Google as well. And you can on Google. So, And we try to drop one of these every Wednesday. So you know, subscribe to it so it drops automatically on your phone. Best way to listen. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys.